<laughs> yes. yes. But like, the comparison like with me and some people. So that'd be something neat to see, you know, the Harry Styles at the Pirates playing in, in Williamsport wasn't a show. Welcome to the Knowledge Force Podcast, episode 42, the home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. And we have a guest with us today, Johnny Bobble himself. How's it going today, guys? It's going oh, good. It's... I think at this point, he's the unofficial third member of the show. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's a given, basically. Is this like number three, maybe? He's the hat trick. Four. Are we at four? We're either at a hat trick or we're at four. I can't You're at really four because we you did one with the three of us. You did one in place of me when I was on vacation. You did the one... joint episode with Brad and Brig. Yep. And then uh, this one. I forgot about the one with Brad and Brig. And and we gotta we gotta mention here, John is the host of the district baseball together podcast. Yes, episode one is out there on YouTube. You can go check it out at any time. It's, oh, did Brad uh, post it on YouTube? Yeah, uh, I think he said he was having issues getting it out to the other ones, so he posted it today. And the intro music is fire. Brad yeah, he put, puts together some good music. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, episode number two will hopefully be coming out probably mid-month. Hopefully there's some things to talk about with the Nats. There hasn't been much going on other than a <laughs> 29-8 to loss the other day. Oh, that was bad. Mm. That yeah, man was. Go ahead, David. Some of the scores I've been seeing were pretty lopsided. There's been a lot of really high scoring baseball games and, and a lot of double know, digits and a lot in the 20s. <laughs> so it's like it's spring. It's still early. Yeah, it's the preseason. Yeah. Preseason I do, baseball. I do have a pie bet in place with Brad. In regards yeah, I saw to, that. I, I said at this point, I don't see the Nationals winning fit more than 50 games. And uh, he's going with the over, so we'll see. I got to say, boy was in uh, the the group chat for our fantasy baseball league. Jewel was ready to pounce when that score happened with that Nats game. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of I tried to throw a little bit back at him. I think yesterday with the uh, Mariners talk, <laughs> just trying to tell him like nobody wants to play in Seattle. But you know, words. It's, it's early. We'll see how the season goes. Well, I know Jason's been saying about the Phillies. Yeah, I don't want to give up to you know. I I don't want to put my prediction out there yet. I didn't. I I'm think... on the Philly baseball pod. I didn't. <laughs> The Phillies right, well, season that's will what come you've been, a lot down to the rotation. It'll that's what you've been telling me for pitching. a while. That if if their pitchers are on, there's they're going to be really good. If they're not, then we'll see. Then it'll be like last year. Okay. <laughs> well, last the last three seasons, it's been the bullpen, and that I think's shakier than the rotation, but. Let's just call this the first period since we're talking about MLB and that was the topic of discussion for the first period. <laughs> yeah, this is the first period. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I think it's like Aaron Nola. He's got to get his stuff together. Um, mentally, I think his is more of a mental thing more than a physical. Wheeler, Wheeler, maybe the exact opposite. I think he thinks he's an ace, but his body doesn't believe it. And then it kind of from after those two guys, 
Eflin's got to stay healthy for a whole season. Yeah, it's because when he's on, he's good. He's a solid number three. Right. Um, what I did, I say it in the group chat, or did I say it to Tori? Um, Gibson's got to just stay where he's at. Mm-hmm. He he's he's a solid anchor in that fourth spot. And really, Suarez is the biggest question mark because he did phenomenal in 37 games as a starter, but he has to do a whole season as a starter, and that's a big difference. Yeah, those having those rotations of those two or three guys, and then having a bullpen to back that up is it's major nowadays. Um, you well, you can question, normally though. get away with a couple really good aces, or not aces a one and a two and then maybe a three and a four to put a game together. But at the end of the day, if your bullpen's not very good, you got to have those, those three. I mean, the the question is always is, will they stay healthy? Because we all know at any moment, your top player could just be done. And the Mets are dealing with that right now. Damn. DeGrom, what, what is he going to be out? Four weeks approximately, last I saw. And then was uh, Scherzer also kind of? Scherzer is listed as day-to-day on Fantasy. He has a tweaked hamstring. He's he's a dog, though. I mean, he's a guy that's going to come in and give it his all. They're going to have. That's why he was my first pick. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to carry that guy out on a on a stretcher when he's sixty years old before he's going to quit playing baseball. He's just a competitor. Yeah, it's the love of the game. Yeah. You got to love guys like that, though, really. And he's getting paid. Like, I think that that's the running joke right now with the Nats. Like, the second or third highest paid guy on their team right now is Max Scherzer. And he's pay- playing for a division rival. <laughs> there, There's your, your love for deferred money in Washington. I legit, I'm going to feel bad for you as a Nats fan if they don't extend Soto. It's one of those things that, like, I just kind of want it to either happen or not. Like, I love Soto, but I understand if he doesn't want to be there. Like, to me, if they tried to get, they tried to get a a team-friendly deal right before the uh, lockout and it, it was just a poor decision by them. It's another poor decision by the Nats front office. It's not like they don't do it every year, every other year. Like as much as I, as much as I dislike Bryce Harper, I 100% understand why Bryce Harper is not a Nat. Same with Rendon. Yeah, with Rendon, it's the same thing. I don't think they wanted Rendon to come back, which is really crazy to me because that entire offseason, all I was saying was I would rather have Rendon back than Strasburg. Well, it seems like a running seems like a running trend here, Nationals management. The Rendon one for me is weird because <laughs> when I was in the office, I'll listen to day games on my phone. I'll pull up the TuneIn app because they have the MILB you know, deal and I'll throw on a, a Sens day game or Reading Phil's day game. And Rendon was the guy I always talked about when he was with the senators. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, he was a guy I knew 
even before he was in the majors and why they wouldn't keep a homegrown guy who was becoming a star or was a star just blew my mind. But I mean, they have sadly a track record of doing that. Right. And if you look at homegrown guys, and I think that's why they need to, they need to back the truck up for Soto. If you want another guy to put on, everybody likes to have their, their Mount Rushmore's. And right now, the only Nationals player that could even really be considered for that is is Zim. Yeah. After that, like you've got Expo players on there. So to me, Soto could be that guy. But you got to be willing to pay him the money, and he's got to be willing to understand that you're not going to compete for probably five years. This is year one of five. <laughs> The problem is going to come in with Boris as his man, as his agent. All right. So he's going to try to get, get him money. He, he does. And he's going to end up going to. And I think Tory's right. I think it might be the Cubs. The Cubs, that that would be. I can see that. But, you know, I'm really kind of after having the discussion the other day. If he isn't a national. I would love to see him in Seattle. That puts him clear on the other side of the country. I really don't have to see him play that much anymore. Um, it's, oh, come on. Tell us how you really feel on that. Yeah, I if mean, you believe like, some folks, they're competing for a World Series next year. Here, Here's the thing that sucks. I would not dislike Bryce Harper as much as I do if it was not for the fact that he went to a division rival. Like, you could have went and played in California and, you know, Back near where you grew up, you could have went anywhere, but you go to Philly. The weird thing about him choosing Philly is he went years. He wanted a long-term deal, and that's so mind-blowing for a star player. He wanted home. He wanted a place to find home. Oh, and it's sickening like how much he fits in Philly. (laughs) It's sickening how much he fits in like his first base hit against the Nats, he's like waving and bowing to the crowd. And it's like, you arrogant. Well, he was bowing to the Philly fans in right field. Yeah. Because the bus went down. And then I, I think s- that's when he hit the double when he got up and waved. And then when he went out for fielding, like went out to play right field, he bowed to the that section. I remember what you're talking about now. Because that was the game it's- of the bat flip, too. Yeah, because he smoked one in that game. I remember. Uh, well, he was getting his, hey, hey, look where I'm at. Actually, what really turned the corner for me with Bryce was that uh, that clip on online of the girl yelling, Bryce, left yeah. hand, left hand, <laughs> hit, left hand tits, right hand ass. <laughs> the fact that yeah, he I played a long credit for that. <laughs> since, we're, since we're talking Phillies, though, like, I mean, Phillies fans thinking World Series, they're up there pretty high on the odds this year. <sighs> well, it's just like every typical Philly sport. They always want their team to, of course, win. Phillies are always looking, not just the Phillies, but the Flyers also are looking just to win overall. But, of course, we all know Rest the Flyers in peace, are. Girard, or Claude Giroux? Pretty much at this point. Because <laughs> he was going to get traded no matter how you look at it. Right. But the Phillies, I mean, every year it's just a Philadelphia thing to where they look to rebuild despite if they don't need to just to win a championship. 
Um, and that's and that's a very common thing. I'll say the same thing I said on the Philly pod. Um, a lot of things have to go right for them to be in the World Series. And that's not that's not saying a lot of things need to go right in their division. I mean, a lot of things need to go right internally on that team for everything to happen that way. The rotation's got to be good. The defense has got to be better. The bullpen's got to be on point. They can't get hit with a really bad injury bug. Just too many things, too many variables have to happen for that to. Do you think this is the best Phillies team since the uh, World Series run? I'll answer it like this. I don't have the same feeling for this team like I did for the 08 team. I knew in 08 they were going. Yes, you Un- did. Unquestionably, from the beginning of the season, I knew it was happening. Yes, you, you did. believe they have as much talent as that team did. You can have as much talent. It's just how they mesh together. And I'll throw this out as the Rangers of the 90s, where they had Lindros and so many other great players, and they couldn't even make the playoffs. So to me, it's really not just talent-wise. It's how well a team can mesh together for that. And and I think that is the intangible that the 08 team had, is so many of those guys played in Reading together, played in Scranton-Wilkes-Barre together. They came up together. So they were already a well-oiled unit by the time they all made the majors. They meshed. I think the two other big additions they made in Castellanos (laughs) and, of course, Schwarbs, um, they're kind of what I consider like blue collar baseball players. I think they're going to fit really well. It's really going to come down to, I think it'll come down to Bryce Harper's leadership and it'll, it'll go from there. But as far as mesh, I think that the Phillies could mesh really well with the guys they have there now. But as like we talked earlier, it really comes down to that rotation more than anything. If they're not healthy, if those three guys are not on, it's going to be tough. Like, I mean, you're looking at teams like the Dodgers. It's really hard to think of anybody beating the Dodgers when you look at them on paper. Well, I know right now. But you know what? People said that in 08, too. I know right now the Phillies are ranked 11th for the World Series draft for favorite to win the World Series, 11th. I mean, okay, yeah, they're up there, but. I mean, yeah, this is still spring training. So, but with everybody they got, like you said, on paper, they have a good, they, 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 ha- they have a good looking team. A very surprising team up there. And it might be just because I'm not looking at them on paper. And it just seems like every year one of their guys goes away. And, uh, that's Houston. I'm really surprised to see Houston as high as what they are. Yeah. They're at fourth. Um, yeah, the, the Yankees, that's not really a surprise. I think Toronto, as high as Toronto's up there, Toronto could be really good, but they could also be disappointing. I genuinely think the Blue Jays are going to get the East for the AL. I, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Yeah, they're right third I, I on think, the MLB draft. I mean, we got to be honest. This is essentially the same Yankees team that all but quit last season on Boone. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't expect miracles to happen. I don't think they're going to fall back in love with him as a manager overnight, that clubhouse. You know, one thing I was thinking about the other day, and I never brought it up too much to Brig, but when you think of the great Yankees teams of the 90s and the teams that were way back in the day, do you know what's different between them and most of the Yankees teams you see nowadays? Shoot. They're not. Okay, Derek Jeter, um, Jorge Posada, Rivera, all those big-name guys, they were all drafted into that system. Yes. They were all developed. When you look at this roster of Yankees and you look at the rosters of Yankees, since, yeah, they did they did win it in 2009? Yes. Right? Unfortunately. Um, but other than that team... Like most Yankees teams that are not built in the system have not been successful. I think Judge is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that's from their farm system. I mean, yeah, they just traded off Sanchez. He was a farm guy. But uh, John Carlos was Miami. Garrett Cole, Pittsburgh, Houston, whatever you want to call it. Uh who else is out there? Josh Donaldson. He was on multiple teams. I think Toronto is where he got his start. I think so, yeah. But all those guys, like, they've got the names. The names are on paper. They're like anyone else. They're a little bit older, but they've got the names. But I cannot think, and even the team that won in 2009 for the Yankees, there was still a lot of farm guys there. It was still a lot of those guys from the the late 90s team. Right. So, like, A-Rod might have been the only one that stands out off the top of my head that was a free agent. And that's just because he was a big free agent. Right. And a head case. (laughs) (laughs) Say it how it is. Now, what do you guys think of the Dodgers? Hold on. All props to A-Rod. He's a way better play-by-play guy than he was a personality. He's a better play-by-play guy than he was a baseball player, and he was a great baseball player. So I shouldn't say he's the Tony Romo of baseball (laughs) play-by-play? It's comparable. Tony's good, man. He is. We say it all the time. Like, Tony's great. I really enjoy um, Peyton and Eli just because I feel like I'm sitting in my living room watching a football game with the Manning brothers. I've heard a lot of people say that. So it's like, that's very enjoyable to me. I don't think I watched a Monday night game. If they were on, I watched their telecast. I didn't watch anything else. Well, that's good for Joe Buck next year. (laughs) Joe Buck. Them two roasting each other. I mean, you know. Oh, my God. Just, and the way Peyton, I'll never get over the way Peyton eats food. It's disgusting. Peyton's funny in general when he roasts people. Uh, Did you watch... Did you watch when they did the uh, Peyton Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, and Phil Phil uh, uh, Phil the hike? Yeah, yeah. Phil the, the golf game. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch? I didn't that? watch, but I seen a little bit of the highlights of the stuff. Oh my goodness! About he, Peyton was just roasting Brady left and right because he he kept bringing up the Eagles and yeah. Nick Foles. It was hilarious. Just just looking to him go. Oh man. But now back to a little bit of what we were talking about there with the uh the Dodgers. 
The Dodgers have done nothing but continue to get better. You add Freddie Freeman. Um, today, Craig Krimble coming over. That's a Which I legit addition. thought was an April Fool's thing. I did too until I read you all's message and I had to go back and look. I was like, <laughs> oh, it really did happen. So, no joke. Exactly like what I sent. David messaged me. He's like, the Nordiques are coming back. And, you oh, know, we're, I was we're history guys. So, like, we're I like, that's pumped. awesome. And then I see Kaepernick signs with the Patriots for three years, nine million. I'm like, that's surprising, but it's money wise. It's not unreal. That's, you know, reasonable. Yeah, three it's not, million years not bad. And then I'm like, wait a minute. What day is this? It's April Fool. Oh, my God, David, this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, because I was, oh. yeah, because I was like, I was so excited when I saw with the Nordiques. I was like, oh, yes. I just took a snapshot, sent it to Jason. <laughs> so I thought Kimbrel going to the Dodgers was like another one of these. And then you find out it's not. That's what. Uh... But it's not surprising because he was unhappy last season. Well, I'd be unhappy playing for a guy like Tony LaRusso also. <laughs> see, unfortunately, now be, he used to be a guy I'd think of a certain way. And now all I see is him. In the South Side jersey with his hat backwards last year. Yeah. I used to like I loved Tony LaRusa until he went to Chicago. <clears throat> I'm sorry, the best side of Chicago. Let me make sure Oof. I make that clear. Oh. But yeah, the uh <laughs> Tony LaRusa, I'll I'll always let him, you know, remember him for his old self. I'm not gonna remember him in Chicago. Uh, slightly on topic, there's a great um, – I don't know if you ever watched the, the beef history on Secret Base where they talk about sports feuds, and they have one on La Russa, and oh, God, I'm blanking on his name now. Manager for the Astros did uh, did the Nats. Oh, um, oh, Dusty Baker. Yes. The two of them and their beef, and it's a tremendous watch. I highly recommend it. By the way, there is a great Dusty Baker bobblehead that the Nats done that looks exactly like him. <laughs> I just like to throw that out there. It is a great bobblehead. For the record, after seeing your Senator's collection, that is phenomenal. Oh, see, but you I don't even think I sent you like the Hershey Bears collection either, did I? I don't remember. I know you sent the 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 senator's collection and it was yeah, spectacular. It's not, it's not as big because they haven't done as many, but it's still, it's, it's fun, man. The senators is, it's insane. My new set, it's going to be, it's going to take years to complete, but I'm doing the Innova blood drive, Washington capitals. So they're only available if you donated blood and they averaged about 750 per. So a little bit tougher to get, but and they average price wise around fifty bucks each, and there's forty. So if you do that math, it's not very pleasant. But yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Hey, that's what makes it fun, man. It's the chase. It's finding those deals. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting for that one. You got to find all the deals that you can. <laughs> Man, so um, looking at this potential World Series draft, 
I think the White Sox are the biggest sleeper because at the end of, we're still so used to the White Sox being this team where they barely drew like hundreds of people to their stadium a few years ago. Um, but they're a legit threat. You know, the White Sox, and I think the guy we talked about will be what holds the White Sox back, honestly. There's a ton of young talent there. The rotation's strong, and they're young. But I don't think the managerial side of it is is very great. I don't Do you think, think he's too old well. school? Yeah, I don't think he blends well with those guys. You're talking about a lot of guys that are under 25 years old, maybe 20, we'll say 28. And LaRusse's, he's up there. So it's I don't think he meshes well with them. This will probably be his last year in Chicago. Unless they win it all, then it, then it's a whole different story. But I was just going to say, if they win it all, I think they're going to sign up for at least one or two more years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if, they, if he finds a way to make it work there, then he deserves to stay. But if, there's too much. It's one of those things when you get a team with that much talent and you're not like they was in. They made the postseason last year. Yeah. But they wasn't really ever in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they have another year like that, it'll be cut bait and start with somebody else. So real quick, I want to hit on two teams that might implode. Um, the Padres and the Mets. The the Mets will 90, 94% possibility of imploding. <laughs> because they are the Mets. And it's already starting to turn the wrong way. The Padres, you know, we'll see. I can see that though, just because I, I don't, I still don't think they have the pitching. I think you've got I a think... U Darvish that's not really that great. He's never been like, just, he never lived up to expectations. Right. And then Blake Snell, he did not look like Blake Snell. Last year, when he was healthy, well, um, I think there's also still some personality issues in that clubhouse. Right. Yeah, because Manny, Manny is a Manny is not a nice person. <laughs> he is a very tough personality for anybody to deal with, and he wants to be the leader of that team. And yeah, there's guys in that clubhouse that I don't think it meshes well with. I would find this all hilarious if the like I, I see the Mets are uh, sixth right now on the World Series draft. I would just laugh if all this is complete opposite, where the number one team gets you know everything just like flops. Well, right. I made the prediction uh, the other day that I think the Nats are actually going to finish ahead of the Mets <laughs> because I think. When the Mets when the Mets implode, it's going to be bad. And unfortunately, Buck Showalter is going to be the one to take the blame. But I don't think it's going to be his fault. Hmm. Yeah. And what's funny? And what's funny? The Nationals are ranked twenty fourth on that list too. So for them to finish above the Mets, that has to be a major, major implosion beyond belief. I think a sleeper team to watch this year will be Detroit. 
I don't think they're fully there yet, but they've added some pieces. And with the pitching, between adding Rodriguez from the from Boston, and then you got the guys like Casey Mize coming up, they could end up being pretty good. Maybe it's because I talked to Brad too much, but I feel like he's on to something with the Mariners because they got real close last year. Real close. Closer than the Phils even got. They have a lot of young talent. You never know. I think it comes back to the same issue that we've talked about for multiple teams. Robbie Ray can't go out and throw four games in a row. No, he can't. Um, and well, that's just... where, like, even talking with Brad, I don't know a ton about the Mariners, but, like, Robbie Ray is the only name that comes off the top of your head. I know J.P. Crawford because he was in the Phil system until they traded him. And then you've got um, Rodriguez just because he's an up-and-coming top prospect. And then they got, who is it, Jerry Kalinick? They got pronounced name right. wrong every time. But he's another decent one, but he struggled last year. So I don't know. Brad follows them probably more than most people follow their religion. So he might be on to something. <laughs> I can't wait for that message after he listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to share that one. <laughs> no, he listens. So he, I, I'll, I'll get one. <laughs> um. Oh, that's funny. I'm I'm good. I got nothing else. <laughs> I'm good. You, John? I'm good. On that case, that'd be the end of the first period. Be right back after a short break. For the listeners of the Not Another Sports Podcast, if you visit fansidea.com and use the code NASPOD, N-A-S-P-O-D, at checkout, you will get 10% off your order. Fansidea.com is the place to go for custom-made jerseys, hoodies, shirts, and other gear. The perfect product, perfectly stitched, sublimation, or perfect embroidery, 100% handmade, delivered on time. That's certainty, and it's their promise to you. Again, use the code NASPOD, N-A-S-P-O-D, at checkout for 10% off your order. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see David's NASPOD, uh, Flyers inspired hockey jersey. You can see my show colors, uh, jersey here that we got custom made, fast shipping directly to us from Fans Idea. We believe in the product and we want to share it with you. Again, NASPOD at checkout at fansidea.com. Baseball fans, check out the Baseball Together podcast. Your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes, present new episodes for the entire baseball family every Tuesday. Available on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Come join our baseball family, where we do baseball together. If you're looking for a podcasting channel with lots of shows in one spot, look no further than CKCC Radio. I'm Chris O'Mealy, the commissioner of CKCC Radio, and I'd like to tell you about some of the great shows you can listen to when you subscribe to our channel. You can check out The Nerd Table with myself and my co-hosts Eric and Dan as we review all kinds of nerdy topics on a weekly basis. You can also check out two shows by Jeff Trelowitz, The Ranking Tracks Podcast and The Real Paranormal Talk Podcast, where Jeff ranks songs on the album that he reviews 
and also talks about his real-life paranormal investigations while talking about famous stories as well. You can check out the Race Nerd Podcast with Matt Hardman as he reviews all of the racing events of the past week. Check out Jay Bunny's Music Hub, where Jason Chin interviews various artists throughout the music industry and plays samples of their songs with their permission. Check out The A Show and By The Numbers. Matt Derline, professional wrestling referee, hosts By The Numbers as he interviews wrestlers in matches that he himself has personally been the referee for. And on The A Show, him and Chris Decker team up to draft rosters with special guests from various years in wrestling promotions. There's also the Board to Death binge cast where the Board to Death clan reviews easy to digestible chunks of television shows and movies for your enjoyment. There's also tons of other great shows, but there's too many to talk about here. So you'll just have to check out CKCC Radio at ckccradio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back for a second period here. Keeping with the uh, baseball talk, minor league. Looking at uh, some of the things for minor league baseball, good amount of changes. So I was looking at one where they actually are looking to move second base closer to home. Yeah, and and this has already started in the the partner leagues because I know uh, the Atlantic League tested it last season. They moved it in a little bit, so now it's making the next. I guess you would say the next course of testing in the minors because uh, it did start in the partner leagues last year. Um, is it going to make that much of a difference, though? I, who knows? I mean, I don't think it will, in my opinion. I mean, but you never know. I think it'll be a lot like anything else. It'll be, it'll be a change at first, slight. But then players will adapt to it. That That's one thing that you can always say is great about baseball is that they have these leagues like the App League and these affiliated leagues that can test a lot of things like this. And many other sports, they don't get the opportunity to test these things. So it tested that's out that pretty well. So well, Really, the only two sports that don't have this is basketball and football. Right. Because baseball has all these other leagues, and so does hockey. Right. I well, think the NBA hockey, has though, the... Go ahead. I think with hockey, though, hockey's more focused on development of the player opposed to with baseball, it's development, but it's also given the opportunity to try. Like, they don't... In, an example would be in, in minor league hockey, they're not making the ice a lot bigger or a lot smaller to kind of get a different feel. They're trying, they're more focused on developing the player. Yeah. I mean, I know with hockey, they tried the, uh, you know, with the, uh, traps wood behind the net. Mm-hmm. Then the three on three shootout worked its way up through because I know when they were doing the shootout in the AHL, the NHL was still just doing overtime. Right. Which it's, I mean, the way hockey's overtime is set up now. Um, just to give a little bit more love to hockey for a quick second, the all-star game in hockey is arguably the best all-star game in all of sports. That is one I can actually sit down and I watch. I mean, that. not just from a hockey fan perspective, but just in general. The only thing I wish is they sit- would, they would hit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was remember watching the one all-star game. I forget what year it was. West. 
Wes McCulley is one of the refs that I know people always love to hate on refs, but I'm going to give the refs some some loving on this one. He is a ref that just says it how it is, tells you how it is, and that's what it is. At the one All-Star game, he said, how much of a cheer would I get if I give you a penalty? <laughs> and if you if you look up Wes McCullough on YouTube, he you can see how much of a referee he is on how he is with 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 the game. Yeah. And when they and from, from a lot of things that I've read and heard from other players say that they respect him because of how much of a player he was because he played the game. Right. So he was a ref that came up and. That's always a big thing with hockey too. Most of those guys, they probably, some still play hockey. The officials, they'll chirp with the best of them. Oh yeah. So, but I mean, leaning back a little bit towards the baseball side of it, it's it's great that we have those leagues to try these things out in. We've had the robo umps that I think will eventually make it fully into the top tier. Um, the base, I hate the idea of you know your ghost runner. Not a fan of that, but it but is what it is. Well, what was that when they start on second? Yeah, like when they go into extra innings, they start yeah. man on second. See, we saw that at, at Hagerstown. Hagerstown. Yeah, I was just going to say, we saw it in Hagerstown when they first introduced that. Yeah. And I was questioning, like, what is going on here? But, but I, then I also, mean, but also, it, they also, when they introduced a doubleheader, when it was only going seven innings at that game, too. Now, I do have to say that the NBA does have a developmental league. It's uh, It used to be the D League. It's the G League now because it's sponsored by Gatorade. And I think much like hockey, it's based more on developing, developing players so much as, than developing rules and, and new ways to play the game. Right. Sam, basketball, how much can you change how they play the game? The game's changed a lot in the last 30 years. Yeah, nobody plays defense now. What's defense? Yeah. <laughs> Which... Off top, on on the basketball topic, I live for Larry Bird stories because they kill me every time I read them. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He was the man. Because what was the one I read the other week? Uh, At the 1988 three-point contest, Larry finished up and he goes, which one are you going to finish second? Yeah, he walked in the locker room and said, so who's finishing second? (laughs) He's he's great, man. No, the the G League in uh, with the NBA, it's actually very popular in a lot of the cities that they play in. It's just most like with us, we don't. I don't think we even have a G League team in Philly, do we? Uh, Philly's team, I think, is in Delaware. Yeah, so it's like not even nearby to where we would. I mean, if they played in Harrisburg, I'd probably be a big fan. Harrisburg had the hammerheads back in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, I know the thing with basketball, watching it on TV is I just can't. But from what I hear, watching it in person is a way different story. Just like baseball, some people can't watch it on TV, but go into a game. Of course, every, everything's always atmosphere. You know, with, go into with a game, baseball, just, just being I'm... there, the nostalgia of it. Yeah, if I'm sitting at home and watching a baseball game, I'm watching the game, but I'm more listening to the game. 
Yeah, you just um, have it on as, as as background noise. Right. I mean, if it's a real big game and I'm playoffs different, I watch most of those closely. But like regular season games, I turn it on, listen, on to the next one. Um, as far as in person, it's hard to beat in person. Oh yeah, it's hard to beat that in general. I'm of the but, thought that baseball's the best listening to on the radio. Oh yeah. That and college football. On the radio, college football is amazing. But personally live, and I think I said this on the uh baseball together podcast, when it comes to live sports, live hockey is it's a different world. Yes. That it is for sure. That it is for sure. Now, see if we can trend back towards where we started at here. <laughs> oh, come the, on. Uh, you you don't like to go off the road a little bit there? <laughs> yeah. The MLB well, has been testing a lot of different rules in these, like the App League. I know the App League's like the breeding ground for these things. Well, I did see in AAA they did uh, up the games now to – uh, from 144 to 150 for a, for a AAA. Yeah, I don't really know what the additional games does. You know what I mean? Like it's an additional six games. Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah, if my West Virginia math is correct. Um, but yeah, one plus one is eleven. <laughs> I don't really know what difference those six games are going to make. Who knows? I mean, it's just like MLB adding, you know, going from 10 to 12. I'm one of the, like, the few baseball fans that's like, I think baseball could get away with not having 162 games. It's really tough to track a team for 162 games. If they drop it down, it would bring the World Series into early to mid-October instead of late October, almost November. Um, oh, I'm a proponent of the World Series being played at a time that's reasonable for most people and kids to watch the games. Right. Um, the World Series games ending at 11 o'clock is not conducive to getting new fans into the game, especially kids. The entire 2019 World Series, I didn't sleep. Because like either they would win and I'd be so excited about a win that I didn't sleep because the game didn't end until like midnight. And when they'd lose, I'd be so distraught about them losing. Same concept, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and I'd just lay in bed and think, how do we lose that game? I was like that in the 2010 playoffs when the Flyers lost the cup. Uh, I, I was like that in 08. 08. Yeah, so you were celebrating that. I can remember me and the and the missus, she was my fiance then, we were laying in bed in our apartment. I had the game on, she was asleep, and it was the NLCS, and Matt Stairs hit that ridiculous home run against the Dodgers late in the game, and I woke her up because I was cheering. <laughs> The worst one I ever done with my wife is the um, the NFC playoff game. The who was it? Minnesota and New Orleans. When Stefan Diggs caught the ball 
on the right hash. And the who, I can't remember who the guy was that missed him, but he ran it in with the clock running out. And, like, I had no stake in this game at all, but just, like, how the game ended, I started losing my mind. And she's, like, jumping up, freaking out because she thinks something's <laughs> wrong. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys think of in AAA and the Arizona Fall Leagues, the bases being increased three inches? Well, now Jose Altuve can lay down on the thing. <laughs> Be like a day bed for him. So that's Some one women the... might say that three inches is a game changer. So, <laughs> well, I know my wife would. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Truth comes out. But in the in the in the AAA and the Arizona Fall League, that's what they're testing. Increasing from 15 to 18 inches. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not, I'm well, not real say, sure with the difference in that, though. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, I don't think it's going to make a big deal. From what they're hmm. saying, it's to it's resulting in a decrease in the severity of base-related injuries. Is what Doesn't the it article mean? The bases are closer, also. Well, they're already being. They're already closer by moving it in, moving second right. base in uh, a foot. And then, yeah, they're going to be three inches closer than they were before that as well. So technically, wouldn't they be six, though? Three inches from first comes in, three inches from second. That's comes true. In. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Six inches makes a big difference. Dude, I do taxes. I don't do <laughs> I don't do all these measurements and calculations. Okay. <laughs> Well, Jason, six inches is six inches. <laughs> that's well, that's what I'm getting at. You do taxes, like I don't. I pay somebody to do my taxes because I don't know what I'm doing there. But, I pay someone to do mine too because federal's <laughs> a mess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the six inches, it makes a difference. But that's I don't. It's just one of those things. Like I don't understand why, why they want to make all these rule changes. If it really does cut down injuries, that's great. Um, I don't know. Changes like that, I just always go back to the same thing. There's a lot of big brain people out there that are making decisions, and they'll either work or they won't. No, I think the good thing is, I mean, it's just it's in a testing phase. They're testing right. it to see how it works. If it it's doesn't not work, like it's getting jumped straight to the top. Right, and I think a lot of people get upset with the assumption that it's going to be in Major League Baseball next season. It may not even be in Major League Baseball five seasons from now. Yeah, I mean, when when things are tested like this, it could be another 10 years for all we know. Because they could still test, okay, this year it was this amount of injuries compared to last year. And then this year compared to this year, this year compared to this year. And then they move up to the next, you know, to into the next league. And, right. Here's and the then thing. the same maybe, thing. Maybe 18 inches is too big. Maybe it goes down to 16 or 17. I mean, the whole idea of testing is just to figure out what works best. Mm. And it could just go back to 15 because that works best. You never know. Um, so in that idea, I don't really have an issue with it. I think anyone who does, they probably just read a headline and got upset. <laughs> Shocking. Here, here's what's always interesting when we talk about things like this, though, and <laughs> making changes like this. 
Okay, so we're going to adjust the bags. We're going to make them closer. Um, so then when a guy goes out and steals 40, 50 bags, does that diminish that? Oh, yeah, that's a good question because the normal distance between, you know, first and second is now shorter. So is it easier to steal a base? Right. But then also, is it easier for a pitcher to throw out at second base? Because now that's closer to him. Um, I'll put it this way. I think no matter what size the bases were, Ricky Henderson was still going to steal a base. Like there's guys who are, who were so good at stealing bases that no matter what size the base is, they were going to do it and be successful at it. I don't think this is giving an edge to anyone who's not a successful base dealer. Um, well, I don't think it's giving much of an edge. It's just. It's, the skill you know, has to be there. The skill and speed has to be there to still make it happen. I well, think skill, speed and smarts. I think a larger bag doesn't change that aspect of the game. Just to just to take it back for a second, like I went ahead and pulled that up just for fun. Career leaders for stolen bases. And like the fact that Ty Cobb is in the top five of that statistic. It's just crazy to me. Of course, Ricky leads everybody by a wide margin, almost 500 bags. But Oh, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> he but, was yeah, I mean, what, what I was saying there is, though, you've got guys that are just great. At, like Trey Turner's a solid bag taker. Um, it, it really, if you're, if you're making the bases closer, it, it's going to make it easier. But then I guess in the same sense, if the bases are closer to one another, doesn't that make them closer to the pitcher's mound as well? Yes. Closer to home plate. So maybe it actually becomes a disadvantage. There's a lot of math that I think would go into that to really factor. Well, not we're just, not going to uh... try and break down. <laughs> well, one plus one is eleven, so you know we're good with that, right? But between like that's the, where our well, math stops. Well, just like the pitcher trying to throw out at first base, right? That's closer to him now. Yeah. So that so you, know, you know, so that, you know, so that quick little turn before the you know before the the runner could even react, the first base the could base have the ball. Been three inches bigger, it makes it easier for that runner to get back to the bag. We're going. We're going into a, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. Yeah, I've, it's good discussion though. There's uh, many different scenarios that come into play there. That I guess once it's all said and done, if these changes are made, those questions will be answered. Eventually, I agree with that. I just don't think if someone you know leads a season in stolen bases with the larger bags, with the one inch moved in second base it takes it's an asterisk on them leading in stolen bases because i think again the talent and skill and the mental ability to pull that off not everyone can do that so being closer having bigger bags i don't think changes that it's just gonna make things interesting when it actually when it's actually seen in person like okay when this happens and this play have this this specific play happens. How will this play out? Will it be and easier? Will it be a disadvantage? What how average fan's going to notice it from the nosebleed seats? 
you never know. Some diehard fan might, you know, might notice something. Hey, something's wrong after their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh beer in. Uh, Anyone who's having seven beers at a major league baseball game isn't sitting in the nosebleed seats. No. Well, maybe that's why they're sitting (laughs) in nosebleed seats because they want to have that many drinks at the game. I'm saying they can't afford it. (laughs) Well, if if I've had seven at a major league baseball game, it's because I drink six in the parking lot. There you go. Again, there's (laughs) the tailgating portion of this. You know, there's that tailgating portion. Just pulling that up just to see, like, the most bags ever taken in one season was 139, or I'm sorry, 138, and that was in 1887 by Hugh Nicole. Ricky Henderson actually follows behind him with 130 and 82. I never would have known that Ricky Henderson was not the all-time single-season leader until pulling that up. So, fun (laughs) stat for the night. Well, one, uh, another thing I found interesting with minor league uh, baseball here is the housing. Uh, I'm not sure if you oh. guys saw this, the, the freezing out players with families. Freezing it's like they're out. it's like they're not, you know, they are not accommodating players that actually have families. Because I'll, 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 I'll like if they have family in the area, I'll read the like first if they line. have a wife and kids, they're not part of the team housing. Yeah, I'll read the first line of, uh, of of the article here. Minor leaguers with wives and children are finding out days before the start of the of their season that some teams, some teams, not all, are not taking their families into account as part of the new policy guaranteeing housing for players. Right, and here here is my being the uh, devil's advocate, like the policy guaranteeing housing for players. It's not guaranteeing it for families. Correct. Like, okay, the the moral side of me sees this as like, yeah, they should be taking the families into consideration. The business side of me says they're doing what they said they would do. Yeah, by taking the players. It's a double-edged sword. And it my is. thought, as, as a, a guy with a wife and kids is I would be looking for a place for my wife and kids to stay. Like I wouldn't be banking on the team, taking them in. I would be, I would have my, my stuff together before the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know we've discussed this, some um, off any kind of, con- we messaged a lot about the, minor leagues and the way all of this is going about. Um, do I think they're underpaid right now? I don't know. I don't even know what the CBA did. The CBA change much of that. I didn't, I haven't read that far. That was, well, they're not part of the CBA. So that aspect, we don't have to even, it's basically still the, they're making a base amount per Triple A, double A, single A. Um, if I remember right, it's like single A is like two hundred and fifty dollars a week. I think it bumped up to four hundred last year. Bumped up to four hundred. Yeah. Yeah, and that's before Uncle Sam takes his slice. Exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, I've always said if you're giving players housing, if, if they're getting free housing. 
and they're getting breakfast and probably lunch every day, then, I mean, that that sounds pretty accurate money-wise, if they're getting that. But um, we don't really know what they're all getting. Between eight and fourteen thousand for most Meyer for most Meyer leaguers, and that's as of last year. That's as of last year from April to October. April to October. So that's pre-tax. So you gotta knock some off of that. So Um, seven months. So that's less than two thousand dollars a month. It's less than five hundred dollars a week. That's before. That's before any taxes or anything. So you're probably looking at three hundred bucks a week, maybe. Sounds yeah, about maybe. Um, for the guys that are young and you know, just guys trying to make it to the majors, don't have families. Three hundred bucks a week can go a long way if you're getting your housing and part of your food paid for. Yeah, but ones with Let's families, with right? But ones with families. But I, I've always said though. That with the minor league system, I think it it develops players like it develops people. Um, I always say it's like this: like my first real job was at McDonald's. I started at McDonald's and I left McDonald's because I wanted to make more money and I wanted to do better, and I had to grind through McDonald's to do that. So then you just continue to do that through the stages. If they want to be professional baseball players, they have to grind through those stages and they have to push to be better. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's part of life. Yeah. Yeah, not every player is going to make it. No. Um, The majority don't. I think the fact that they're providing housing alone is a big step. Right. Well, Um, yeah, compared they didn't have that before. And I think most people, and I would say ourselves included, we weren't thinking of players with families because we just, what minor, you know, how many minor leaguers really have families? It's a lot of young guys just grinding Draft, away, like you said, John, to just and, you know, just make drafted. it into the majors. Um, but again, as a married guy, I think even in my 20s, I would have not been relying on the team to provide me housing. I would have been looking for something for me and my wife and and children if i had them in my early 20s for a place to stay for us because i mean i'm assuming essentially these these places where they're staying are probably all but dorms right probably probably just college dorms mm-hmm. or what i mean where are the senators or- players staying i don't know that is a good question though my thought was in colonial park area there is a, a section of apartment houses that are furnished. Right. My thought would be that's the kind of situation they're probably staying in. Most likely, and the senators rented it out. And the senators probably got a discount, like a stupid discount to do it. It's a group rate. And it's yeah. not even the senators that pay for it. It's the Nats that pay for it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's without the housing, then I have a bigger issue with their pay. But with the housing included, man, that goes along. I mean, we all know we have mortgages, we have rent. Like, it's not cheap. <laughs> no. It's well, not. I mean, you're you're taking away the aspect of players sleeping five deep in a one bedroom apartment. Half the guys on air mattresses or the floor. Um, just giving those guys room <laughs> is a big mm. deal. Oh, good and place to sleep. 
hopefully it'll roll over into their play as well. You know what I mean? Like you're you're living more comfortably. Yeah, you get a good night's sleep. Yeah, and that's the thought is, you know, these guys don't have to worry about where they're laying their head at night. They can focus more on on field. And here's why I'm okay with the pay, though, like because those guys know that if they keep going further, they're going to make more money. If you pay them, like if you're paying these guys 50, 55 grand a year, like that's not a bad living if your housing's getting paid for. Yeah. So, like, why would you really care to progress you know what i mean it's why i always say though you can't you can't pay somebody at a high school job twenty dollars an hour because they're never going to want to leave that job yeah but i mean the jump from fifty five thousand to over three-fourths of a million dollars a season is is a big jump though right if i I know just a tad we talked about it though with the uh with the money and if i remember right it was like to pay all minor leaguers a set amount of money for a season for the entire total was like $245 million, if I remember right. And I just set and go, and that's why when me and you were talking about Jason, I said, who wants to cut that check? But I we know we the power. I think that. we were looking at it as like a flat, as a flat pay across right. all levels. And I don't think that would be, I don't think that would be fair. I think, your pay should reflect the level of of league you're in. So if you're in single A rookie ball, you have a single A rookie ball um salary. Right. And you earn basically as it is now. I mean if they want to throw these players more money, that's fine. I don't see anyone on the minors, you know. If you go to triple A and you're making sixty thousand a year, that's I think that's great. Mm. Um, because triple A to the, to the majors, that's a huge ass jump from 60,000 again to 750,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking for me alone, that would be life changing money. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, if you do the math, it's not, it's not obnoxious. You're looking at what, like $8 million a team to pay the players based on, I, I can't remember. I think we said like 45 grand. Yeah. I don't remember the exact 50. number. And it's in, is it in the, the, the fantasy league chat? Oh yeah. Somewhere <laughs> deep in there, <laughs> but it's like $8 million a year to do that. And that's not including our bonus babies. There's a lot of bonus, bonus babies out there that make a pretty good bid. Yeah, and I don't so, think that those aren't the players I think about when I think about minor leaguers no. getting some more money. Because right. we're yeah, thinking there's, of the grinders. And there's more grinders than there are bonus babies. Right. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, the it, it sucks that they're not. It sucks from the family aspect that they're not taking the families into consideration when it comes to housing. But at the end of the day, they're doing what they said they was going to do. They said they would take care of the players. Yeah. That's... Again, I go back to I'm married. I would be I'd have my my ducks in a row where I would need to rely on the team to house me. You, you and would my... hope that those guys that have families <clears throat> like they have that already thought about. 
Exactly. And clearly two guys don't based on this article. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you guys have anything else to add to this. I'm good. All right. And then that'd be the end of the second. We'll be right back. Badass Beard Care is a veteran-owned and operated beard company that proudly makes all of their products in-house in the USA. And they want you to take advantage of their free sample offer. This offer is available to everyone and is backed with a money-back guarantee. That's right. If you don't love the product or scent you select, they will replace it with a different scent and refund your shipping and handling. Choose from three, 13 cents and see why over 400,000 bearded enthusiasts trust Badass Beard Care with their beard care needs. Grab yours today at badassbeardcare.com slash free sample. Welcome back for the third period. The Facial Hair Tournament, sponsored by Badass Beard Care, is kicked off. So here we go. Now, uh, being that we did have a little change on uh, on how we're doing the giveaway, Jason, want to take that over? Uh, yeah, so based on the amount of entries we got, uh, we decided that granting everyone a number from 1 to 32 wasn't going to be functional. Um, so we're actually going to spin a wheel here on the, pro- on the show, uh, and we're going to see who actually is the person to win that. Um, so give me a second here. I'm going to share my screen. All right. And we're going to spin the wheel and we have everyone's name on here, including John's. Uh, so anyone watching know that if he wins, this was not rigged. <laughs> here we go. I love the sound. Yes, the wheel. All right. And Brandon uh, Stevenson out of Indiana won the the prize, the giveaway. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations, Brandon. And he's got a pretty decent beard, so he will certainly appreciate that. He's going to get a, a couple, a few packs of samples, a beard wash, a beard butter, an oil, a membership card, some stickers, and a koozie. Nice. Fun-filled. So we'll get that information and uh, get that out to them. So, yeah, we definitely, it's, now going over 32 names in one episode is basically a whole episode at that point. So we're <laughs> bre- so we're actually breaking this down. Uh, we're doing the, what is it, the first eight? First eight matches. So, actually, the first six we're doing. Okay, first six. Thought it was eight, but now it's six. So many numbers. After last, after last period, here we are looking at. You know, we were talking numbers. Now we're looking at numbers. All right. So first one on the list. Oh, come on, screen. Bear with us. I got to call tech support. 
Oh, wait, that's me. I was going to say, you are tech support where you work, <laughs> so you can't call it. I just call myself. I know all my own answers. I mean, I know my pick for this one, this first matchup. Let's see here. First matchup. We got. We have. Oh, I'm going to butcher that. Yeah, that's what I'm hesitating. Al Habrowski versus Walt Frazier. Let me guess, Jason. You're going with Frazier. Of course I'm going with those delightful mutton chops. <laughs> yes, those are definitely mutton chops of that era. Good what Lord. was what was Harbrowski's nickname? He had a nickname when he played. The Mad Hungarian. That was his nickname. He's got a solid beard, too. He does. He, it's I solid. Mean, it's, it's one not to be slept on. No, that, that one's going to be a tough pick to go through. <sighs> it mm. is a good beard. But look at those freaking mutton chops. <laughs> yeah, it, it is tough. Just I think it's those... not many people could carry the mutton chops like that. Yeah, no, not a lot of people could. With that fro? I mean, that is just a spectacular look. Mm. You're selling Walt real hard, just so you know. I... Going out on a limb, this 70s Knicks team had some fantastic facial hair. Oh, well, some, yeah. Well, some of the facial hair we found here for the eras that we did are pretty interesting. the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, some of them are pretty interesting. Mm. And like, like I said, those mutton chops are... Wow. He's all but Wolverine with those mutton chops. He's close. He's close. Because those go all the way down almost to his chin. Almost. All right. I'm going to have to give my vote to Walt. <laughs> oh, come on. Jason sold you that well. <laughs> it, I don't know how long he'll last, but he, he's made it through the first one for me. <laughs> Screw it. I'll be the oddball. I'll go Al. I'll go. I'll be the oddball. I mean, what we learned is that who we think will win does not win. So, yes, who as we bring this up once again. <laughs> I, you know what? I am. I'm still upset that James Harden didn't even make it out of the NBA last year. How <laughs> that beard did not do any better. <laughs> and we had him picking the NBA and we had him taking the NBA part. I know I, I did. Yeah, We both did. Yeah. Still breaks my heart. <laughs> oh that's funny yeah that he did have a solid beard on that one all right next one on the list is jeff bagwell versus jim kern mm. bagwell definitely had the goatee going maybe yeah maybe. And Kern got some Amish going on there, like a lot of guys have. I think, his, I think his hair made his beard look better, though, for Kern. Yeah, he does. He got a like, lot of hair, so it made the beard look bigger, made the beard look thicker. He's Amish. Yeah, I got to give it to Jeff. That goatee goes strong. But he's not Amish. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm having a hard time picking between either of these. I'm not entirely sold on either. Um, I don't like the Amish looks. So I guess I'm going with Bagwell. It's the same reason why I went against a bunch of, bunch of guys last year in the beer tournament because I don't like the Amish look. Yeah, I would go with Bagwell as well. Just because, yeah, the Amish look just doesn't just doesn't do it in for you. I mean, that goatee is a good size, too. Yeah, it's got good thickness. Bagwell normally kept a bald head. So, and that's, I think that's my big thing with Kern, man. Kern's hair distracts from the beard because he's got good thick hair. When you look at Bagwell, all you see is the goatee. It's the it's the star of the show is what you're saying. It is. And then his amazing stance that he used to have with that goatee. <laughs> it's got to go to Bagwell. Well, it looks like Bagwell has, uh, has our votes on that one. This next one is tough. Brian Winters looks his his team photo looks like looks like a mugshot. Yeah. He got them crazy like serial killer eyes in that photo, man. <laughs> Here's I mean, what I have to I have to split. Like he out of the choice between we in this matchup we have Brian Winters and Pistol Pete Maravich. Now yes. before we go any further if we butcher these names and you get upset about it, we are sorry. We are doing the best we can with no, what our knowledge Maravich is. is the correct pronunciation. I could, I could butcher every other one, but pistol Pete's I do know. <laughs> Here's what sucks. Like pistol Pete was my guy, but winner's beard is better. Pistol Pete looks like he just started growing that thing. And see, he looks like a genie. <laughs> yeah. I think he's oh, about man. to ask me for my three wishes. Is he Aladdin? Will Smith? Right now, honestly, I'd go with the Robin Williams version. Oh. That's a weak ass slap for the record. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I was wondering how I could pull that out. The genie <laughs> reference gave it away. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> anyway it was a weak Jeez. slap though it was you know you're not getting slapped that hard when you instantly go Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me <laughs> uh, oh. back to topic though back to topic right as much as I love Pistol Pete Brian Winters even with his mugshot photo <laughs> it's a better beard yeah it's a lot uh, more you know it's a lot more like Developed, it looks like, compared to Pete's. Yeah, I guess I'll go with winners, even though that photo's unsettling. You're having nightmares now, aren't you? No. <laughs> You'll be asleep, set up. Ah! <laughs> so the next one is Bruce Sutter versus Phil Jackson. Phil. It's gotta be Phil. Yeah. Phil, Phil's just, it's, that goes back to those Knicks teams. You know, Sutter's got a, he's a strong competitor, but Phil could go deep. He could go deep in this tournament. I think with Phil's, it's just more like 
structured. Like it's yeah. more formed. Looks like he cared about it. Took care of it. That and some peyote. Sutter, he he doesn't really look like Sutter. Looks like the guy I would have drank beer at the bar with. Right. I was actually just thinking the same thing on that one. Like and that, that was one. the beauty of baseball back then. But he just Babe Ruth that drink, you know, drink while on the bench. A lot of players just look like guys you'd have a beer with in the local bar, whereas now they're like super athletes who train and watch what they eat. And there's there's no John Crux anymore. That's all I'm saying. And the, and the big difference <laughs> with Phil, too, what really sets him apart is we talked about one of the earlier contestants like. Phil's beard automatically draws you in, but then he's got that thick head of hair to go along with it. But it's it doesn't a complete distra- package. But it doesn't distract from the beard, right? So, like it's like you said, Jason, it, it's a complete. He's he is the complete package. I don't. Know, to me, Phil might be a a one that's going far. I just because he, of that, I think he will go deep in this tournament. Just because of that also the greatest basketball coach of all time. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we can throw that out there, too. <laughs> it could have been Pat Riley, but I think it's Phil. <laughs> I'm going with Phil just because I don't like Pat. <laughs> that looks like all three for Phil, then. All right, next on the list, Bill Frett, or yeah, Frett, Flett. Anybody want to try to go with this one? God, that photo looks like an Olin Mills like elementary school photo. So, I was just, I was just so saying for the name. He's a soccer player. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Socrates. Socrates. Yeah, actually, I think that's how it is. I think that's how it's pronounced. Good job, Jason. Ding, ding, ding. Jason wins that round. I feel like. Sal's got a solid mustache. But I think Socrates has that that intimidation factor. Well, I'm going for Bill just because he's a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going for that just because he's a flyer. So. Just because he's... I mean, look at that beard, though. Oh, let me go over. Oh, wait a minute. I was looking at the completely different wrong person. Oh, yeah. Which one were you looking at? I was looking at Sal. How did I butcher that? Oh, Sal Fasano. Yeah. I just looked at the guy right above Socrates. I'm like, oh, that must be who he's going against. Nope. No, Bill, Bill definitely, yeah. As intimidating as Socrates is, I feel like you could go over to Bill's house for Thanksgiving and he would definitely (laughs) offer you a plate. He does. He looks very friendly in that photo, doesn't he? You know he definitely wasn't, though, being a flyer back in the day like that. You know, like, deep down, that's the photo he had in, like, the church bulletin when they do, like, (laughs) when they do, like, the contact book. (laughs) Knowing that he's a Broad Street bully. Right. Oh, Bill is a killer on the ice and also makes a killer quiche on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bill's recipe book. Bill, he just, Bill looks... just with that photo could go far in this. Well, 
when I mean the the photo that was found has basically a nickname for him as Teen Wolf. I see and, that. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. Look at that sweet part in his hair too. Like <laughs> he got long hockey hair, but parts it on the side. You and definitely care more other about side his hair than his beard. It's a school picture. Come on. It is a school picture. <laughs> I think I think Bill might be unanimous there. It's yeah, Mr. Flett's third grade class picture. That's what it is. He's the teacher. It's his class picture. <laughs> oh man. But no, that part in his hair definitely definitely makes it. All right, and for the last one of this period's uh, tournament, because like we said, if we did all 32 in one shot, it is a whole episode. Eddie Murray versus... Lyle Alzado. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. Alzado was a bad man. With a, great with a kind beard. soul. <laughs> a great beard. And you know, yeah, definitely Eddie, Lyle. Eddie might have competed with Walt Frazier, but he's not competing with Lyle today. I don't even think those chops could have competed with Walt because they're just, they're a little on the thin side. <laughs> yeah, but he has the mustache that almost connects to it. It almost connects, almost. And he has that little patch underneath his lip. And he was on the O's when they were actually decent. Right. Probably with better management. Which I got to say, off topic, I had the O's Phil's game on listening to it today. And their TV play-by-play people for Masson were awful. Nah. The, the Even the play-by-play team reflects how bad the team is. Well, you, you love how O's management is. But see, my issues <laughs> are because I think those fans deserve better. That's really all it is. O's <laughs> fans and Pirates fans deserve so much better than they get. Looks like I struck a chord here. <laughs> I, I say it on almost every podcast I'm on. Yes, you do. This one yes. or the Phillies pod. I sit it on the draft. Yeah, you do normally I'm say consistent. it. <laughs> that you are. Lyle's my pick. Yeah, I'm definitely going with Lyle too. It's and I think more of a Lyle's beard. a sleeper. I think he could go all the way and possibly win it. I'm sitting here looking in the first six matchups. Of course, we have six people advance. But between Lyle and Phil, I think you've got two guys that could potentially win the whole thing. I could see them two in the final. Yeah. You could definitely see them in the final. Well, I, I could see them in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Because they're on that same side of the bracket. Yeah, that's true. I think that's, yeah. your, that's, your, that's your final in that um, uh, region. <laughs> in the division. Yeah, in that one there. that I think Lyle and Phil are your... There may be a sleeper that comes out of nowhere, but right now... Well, that's the best if part. All those sleeper sleepers out of out of those six games, 
I think it's going to be Winters. I think he could go far. It's yeah. just that photo is so distracting. <laughs> I think I think we need more photos of Brian Winters. <laughs> I feel like you're you're probably right, Jason. The photo is what really throws it. What you don't love the photo? No, I don't love the photo. At all. <laughs> the photo might keep me up a little bit later tonight. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. The other ones I'm finding aren't any better. <laughs> well, surprise, it took me a while to surprise. well, it took me a while to find a lot of these. When I saw his, it's like which one is the better one? It's like here it is. Yeah, there's not a They're lot of all good terrible. Choices. So just this is probably one of the better ones I found. <laughs> he actually looks more unsettling with a Fu Manchu than he does a beard. Oh, he looks wow. downright like crazy TV <laughs> dad with a beard. So I yeah, I, for a second you got a Formula One driver in there, but it's actually a, another soccer player, George Best. Looks like he played for Manchester United. Yep. Yeah, we got somebody that could be Ooh. some sleepers. Yeah. You know, yeah, between I'm the one now to where it's like. He might win it all. Who knows? Could be interesting. We shall see. Yeah, but yeah, Brian first, Winters, I think. First matchup will go up on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, I think that's the best picture I could find of Brian Winters. Did you just say the breast picture of Brian Winters? The breast picture of Brian Winters. <laughs> I think I said best. I don't know. It sounded like breast. Hmm. Breast, best, tomato, tomato. For, for those for those not aware, we were talking about KFC off the air. So if he did say breast, it's because he <laughs> wants some extra crispy, not anything else at the moment. I could eat extra crispy. I could. I could also eat a chalupa too, because we were also talking about Taco Bell. Well, we've made our picks. Uh, I'm hungry it's up now. To you guys, it. the listeners, to decide who goes on to the next round. Jason, want to do a sheets run? No. <laughs> that was a quick response. It's late, man. We've done it this late before. It's late. <laughs> we did this before we were married and had kids. It's a whole different level of late now. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just looked at the time and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's closing on one o'clock. Yeah. We started on Friday. It is now Saturday. <laughs> Started off. Oh. Well, we have our picks for the six. Like Jason said, they'll start going up on Sunday. So next uh, episode, we'll do the next. Uh, we'll do the next six, and go from there. So that'll be the end of the third. Yeah. That. All right. Let's. Uh, John, plug your stuff. Oh my goodness, what are we plugging today? Um go check late, go it? check out the uh district edition of the Baseball Together podcast. Uh we'll be running into episode two next week. It's uh it's gonna be interesting because the Nats are gonna be really bad for a long time, but we'll keep chirping and <laughs> keep going. 
Uh, what is the other one I would want to plug out there? Yeah, go check out the Bobble Bros podcast. Uh, Deshaun and Will, they're basically back to... I make guest appearances on that one here and there, but uh, they got some good stuff and anything for the uh, bobblehead collectors out there. As always, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you for being on. Yeah, we, well, I, I've t- been talking to you for a couple of weeks now about coming on. It's just getting the timing right. Um, right. And I definitely think I'm speaking for David and hope he doesn't mind. I think you're the unofficial third member of this team. I agree. I appreciate it. I agree I did, with that. I, I have to share this with you guys just because I've just seen it, and it's the funniest thing I've read all day. It says, breaking news, Juan Soto has just signed a $500 million 14-year contract extension with the Nationals in my MLB The Show franchise. It's that easy, baldy. <laughs> <laughs> now, when was the date of that? Was it April 1st? Uh, it actually did fall on April Fool's, but it's like, they're, they're totally right. It's that easy, man. Throw out $500 million. If he says no, then he's probably not coming back. And the rumor is 500 million is what he's looking for, or is what Scott Boris is looking for. Yeah. What Boris is looking for. All right. Well, every Wednesday you can find me with Brad from Baseball Together on the Punk Popcast. Uh, we cover the different artist albums and songs from the world of pop punk music. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also find me once a month with my co-host Tori on the Philly Baseball Together pod. Our newest episode just dropped last week. I want to say last Friday. Um, and then we talk about the signings. We talk about the lockout. Uh, the battle for third between uh, Stott and Bohm, which looks to be Stott at the moment, um, and a few other things with the Phils and Phils history. Um, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, and it's on YouTube. Uh, go and check out our friend Matt with the A-Show with his co-host Chris Decker. Uh, they host a wrestling podcast for the two of them and a guest draft and book the best wrestling show within the parameters given each week on the show this past week's was 1988 nwa which would be right up my alley uh you can find the a show on ckcc radio and wherever else you get your podcasts uh with that john thanks for joining us yet again uh you're gonna hit that snl five-time co-hosting that they got we're gonna do that you're gonna hit the five-time club Five time, five time, five time. There you go. Uh, but thank you for joining us for episode 42 of. Oh, no, he's Booker Teen over here. Dude, if you do a spin a Rooney, I'm paying you. <laughs> I'll throw my back out. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us online with our link tree that is in every episode description. Click that. It'll take you to all of our social media and our Teespring page, which is naspod.creator-spring.com. You can go there for all your merchandise needs from us, be it T-shirts, long sleeve shirts, hoodies. Uh, we got Mask. you covered. Yeah, but I, I think the masks are starting to go away because people are, you know, getting, things are getting there. Not getting too deep into this. Um, another sports <laughs> podcast is available for streaming or download at anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, and wherever else you get your podcasts. 
please do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review. With that, I'm Jason. I'm David. And we'll talk with you next time. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Thank you for your listenership.